On episode 217 of the Tennis Files podcast, you'll learn how yoga can strengthen your mind and body with Sherry Cope. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to the Tennis Files Podcast, bringing you advice from the top minds in tennis to help you improve your game. And now, here's your host, Mirban Iranshad. Hey there, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. This is Mirban, and I'm happy to have you listening to this one. And today's episode is on yoga and how it can help you both mentally and physically. And I definitely knew about the latter as I have inconsistently practiced yoga and when I have I felt much better off the court and as well as immediately after the yoga session but after talking to Sherry I realized that yoga can also have a lot of great mental benefits as well and so we dive deep into yoga here and we talk about how Sherry discovered yoga its supreme benefits when you practice it consistently, exercises, the best ones that Sherry suggests for tennis players, how much or really how little of a time commitment you need to give to yoga to get the benefits of it, and as well as how much it can help you uh, with your mindset as well as with your physical health. So really happy to put this one out for you to listen to and to learn from, and I hope that you really enjoy it. Before we dive into the interview with Sherry, I just want to give you my pun of the day, and the pun of the day is this. I, well, so what I suggest you do is tell your opponent this before you play them, okay? Ask them if their nickname is cream cheese, and if they ask you why, you tell them because you're about to get bageled. All right? All right? Just be a little careful. You, know, you might have to uh, put on some, some good shoes so you can sprint away very quickly as they run towards you with their racket swinging at you. But anyways, hope you enjoyed that pun. You probably didn't, and you probably turned this episode off by now. Uh, I hope not. But uh, <laughs> with that, as you know, I, I love puns. So with that, let's bring, it, bring you to this interview with Sherry Cope about how yoga can strengthen your mind and body. Enjoy. Hey everybody, welcome to this episode of the Tennis Files podcast. It's really a pleasure to have on Sherry Cope to the podcast. And uh, I'm really excited to talk to Sherry because we really haven't had too much content in the way of yoga and how that can really positively impact your tennis game. I know that when I practice yoga, it really makes me feel just so much better and more able to just be more flexible and mobile on the court. And so I'm really excited to bring on Sherry to talk about that and, and how we can help you discover the benefits and, you know, hone in on how to practice yoga to help your game. So Sherry, thanks so much for coming on to the podcast. Really great to have you on. Yeah. Thank you for having me. This is great. Yeah, anytime, anytime, Sherry. So I just wanted to uh, yeah. to start off by asking you, 
about your background um, with respect to tennis. You know, when did you get into the game? Yeah, you know what? I played tennis when I was in high school. That's when I started started out, and then um, you know took a little break. Went you know obviously schooling, etc. And then I started back playing tennis regularly and actually on state leagues probably twenty five plus years ago, and had so much fun. And we were. Our team was pretty, pretty decent. We were et cetera, and um, play in Madison and, and their big um, tournaments there. And then I, I did that quite a bit for several years. And then I kind of moved on just to, to, you know, something else. I actually got very busy. I had three boys, so I was very busy with my family. So, Yeah. And then I've been recently um, cool. not as intense playing yoga, but I still do play tennis in the summers. Particularly, I do drills, and I do play um, with our with our club um, a couple times a week, just in the summers though, pretty casual. Cool, awesome, awesome. And then how about how about yoga? I mean, actually, which came first for you? Was it yoga or tennis? <laughs> uh, tennis, tennis for sure. Uh, that was again, like high school and, you know, 20 plus years ago. And so I started to do yoga regularly, like 15 years ago, and then got more interested in the actual yoga philosophy, I guess you would say. And I really wanted to investigate further into uh, yoga, not only for its poses, but how it, how it can affect you um, mentally, um, with being able to focus, being able to, um, control your reactivity, et cetera. I just found that the more I practiced yoga, that it was really changing me from the inside out in that, in those regards. Can you kind of expound upon that, that, uh, change inside out? Cause I think that's pretty fascinating and, you know, sounds life changing. <laughs> It, it really was. It really was. So I believe that what happens is in yoga, you not only are you breathing, you, you're learning how to breathe properly, which most, pe- most people do not breathe, breathe deeply and properly. And that can really have a huge benefit on your nervous system, being able to, um, again, like be aware of yourself and how you how you interact personally, and then also how you interact and react internally. With yoga, I really was understanding that I could endure and withstand discomfort for a lot longer than I thought I could. And I'm very athletic and I'm, I'm a runner. I've, I've done triathletes, all of that. But I found that yoga really helped me to to be turn inward and become more and more aware of, of the benefits of breathing, the benefits of just holding and just working through moments of discomfort. And I noticed it in how I interacted with people too. So it was, it was fascinating how it changes you. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. I remember the first time I I did a yoga class. I mean, just it's just even you know holding yeah, just holding those poses. It, it was at times like really excruciating, but then you know gradually you you just learn to cope. And also, it's kind of cool like being in a class with others. Like yeah. it kind of motivates you to to keep going with that. So um, that that's really fantastic. I mean, it it for people who may be like kind of apprehensive about starting with yoga uh what are some of the maybe misconceptions about yoga especially with respect to tennis and then like what are maybe your responses to those Mm -hmm. well i think a lot of people think that yoga is really easy that it's slow that it's just about breathing (laughs) and just sitting still and on you know, very opposite. It's a very um, physical and active and clearly can be somewhat difficult. It's not difficult. It's just difficult in different ways. It's it you sweat, you get a good workout. You know, again, it depends on the yoga class that you're taking, but there's so much misconceptions that you're going to just come and you're just going to sit still and, and breathe. Whereas actually you are moving your body and you're strengthening particular muscles. And it is not just stretching and flexibility. And yes, that's very, very important, but there's this balance that's created in the body and it benefits your your body and whatever you're doing out off off the mat so for instance tennis it's it's an incredible cross training for that so in terms of um you know a a structured routine and or maybe let's go to like frequency like how frequent should somebody be doing yoga um, let's say actually to start out with, cause probably a lot of people haven't even, you know, mm-hmm. ventured out into it. So what, what, what would you recommend? Yeah. So for people just starting out, I would say at least twice a week and it does not have to be for an entire hour per time. It could be for 20 minutes and even half an hour. There's plenty of classes out there, um, that can be done in that way. But the consistency is the most important. That's where you're going to see the most amount of transformation, not only in your body, but also internally with, um, again, like that, that transformation, like I said, being able to control, um, control your reactivity, breathe through difficulties, et cetera. Gotcha. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. And then I know, you know, we're not like uh, doing a visual class or anything mm-hmm. at this time, but I mean, what are some, what are some of the exercises? And then, you know, you can try to describe them. Uh, uh, what are some of the most basic ones that will give us the most bang for our buck as tennis players? Yeah. Um, one, one pose that you see often is downward facing dog. So where you're on your hands and then your feet and your, your seat is in the air, but that one's great because you're stretching your arms overhead. So you're, you're getting this great range of motion and strength in the upper body. And then you're also stretching your legs and your ankles, etc. Another thing about downward facing dog is your wrists are also, it's weight bearing. So it's strengthening your wrists, which you need strengthening in that those areas as well so it's really a great all-purpose yoga pose another yoga pose that's fantastic is any actually there's several any lunging pose such as crescent lunge where you're 
um, lunging into a front knee and then the other leg is in back um, and your arms are either up or they could be stretching, doing other things. But just think of the amount of times that you are lunging on the court and you're, you're needing to like have this great range of motion and, and your quad needs to be strong and your other leg has to be flexible to be able to start and stop and lunge and reach. So those are, I think, two wonderful poses, two, two kinds of poses that you can do to get a good bang for your buck. Yeah, no, that's great. I'm glad you mentioned, you know, the, the, you know, both the exercise, but then also that we're lunging loud on the court. Cause it's just an important principle overall to be, uh, training t- t- in a tennis specific type manner. So I guess, you know, if you have a list of exercises, maybe try to think of like, which ones really correlate to the moves in tennis. And, and mm-hmm. that would be a great, great way to do it. Mm-hmm. So I guess, um, in terms of like intimidation, I think it is kind of intimidating for for people to um, sometimes attend a class. Like I remember the first time I went, I was also very, you know, scared that oh, I'd look like a knucklehead. And like I was pretty much just like looking at the person next to me and copying them. Um, but I guess what would you say in terms of um, any to anybody who like has a fear of, of that sort? Yeah, there there's nothing that beats in a live yoga class with other students because of the energy and and so forth but there are so many wonderful yoga classes online in fact i have a whole youtube channel and i have several well many yoga classes there as well so online is a great way to start especially if you're like oh, i don't really want to do it with with other people and privates are great, semi-privates, yoga teachers around the country right now it's are in demand for the, those reasons, you know, less amount of students and they get personalized attention. You can get personalized attention, particularly for beginners and sports specific. So um, somebody could really cater a whole class around the, that student's body and their deficits, they're the things that they need to build on. And then also just their sport, what, what they would like to strengthen as well for their sport. So awesome, Sherry. And you bring a good point about structuring your routine in terms of, um, you know, deficits and so forth. So yeah. Can, can we talk a bit more about that? Like when, when somebody's looking to, to, uh, create their routine, I guess I kind of mentioned, you know, the whole like tennis specific part, but like, what are some other tips that, you can give us because there are obviously like a lot of um, exercises, you know, for for yoga yeah. practitioners. So, like, how would you structure the routine in terms of exercises? Yeah. Um, so you you build a yoga class, and it it has this sort of a, um, a you know inverted U shape. So you start slow. You start with some you know good warm up. Uh, conditioning, stretching, et cetera, just to get your body more fluid and ready for some of the more powerful poses that come into the middle section of, of your class. And those typically are your standing poses. They're a little bit more um, interesting and dynamic transitions. And speaking of some great, again, mobility in the stability strengthening poses are ones that require standing on one leg 
Okay. And then being able to go from one leg to the other and just learning that control. And then that then gets tapered down and it can get more specific and deeper into the stretching towards the end because your body is more, it's ready, it's warmed up. And then we maybe go into some longer holds at towards the end. You go core work is big. That's what I incorporate in my classes are a lot of core and um, more advanced poses as we dial it down. Advanced, not meaning you're going to be sweating, <laughs> but deeper, more advanced poses as we get in, you know later in the class. Excellent, Sherry. And, yeah. and then in terms of... Um... You know, I know that you're a tennis player as well, so which is you know fantastic to have you on to have that experience. So, how do you um, how do you partition the, your yoga training with like other training? Like, how do you yeah. kind of sort that all out? Like, if somebody's also you know doing on court speed training and maybe they're uh, you know doing some weight bearing exercises and so forth, how would you uh, put yoga in with with all that? Yeah, so. If you are doing a lot of speed training and more um, strengthening conditioning, it's really important to counterbalance that with static holds and um, also just being able to stretch and hold and be able to be aware of your body in space. Because um, we, we often, you know, this agility and this speed, we don't get this opportunity to then counterbalance all the shortening and the tension that you're creating with speed work and um, you know, strength building. So you have to add that flexibility and stretching component in it as well. So you can have this, this wonderful balance in your body. Because the more, obviously, the more you're, you're pounding the court, the more you're working with those fast twitched muscles, the more you have to stabilize and lengthen and strengthen in those ways as well. So, and that, that also has a real interesting effect on your joints, hold, you know, even the sections, you know, like your wrists and your ankles that take such a toll in tennis. Um, it gets more into the subtle kind of specific areas of the body that you don't hit in, in these other ways of, of training yourself. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. and, and so in terms of, um, mistakes that people make when they're practicing, you know, usually when they're beginners, I guess, but maybe even later than that, like, what are some of the biggest mistakes that you see students are making in class that, uh, you need to end up correcting? Yeah. Them? So people think that a fast paced practice is better for some reason. When that happens, when you're sort of, I want to say, being through your poses just to get, get to the end of your, let's say they call it sun salutation, which is a series of poses. Um, people whip through it and they think that that's a great way to do it. Whereas on the other side, it's actually you're missing so many of the benefits of the poses. If you were to just go a bit slower, sync it with your breath. Um, for instance, sun salutation, sun salutations include a backbend. And that backbend is so beneficial to our bodies. And 
often I see students not even doing the back bend. <laughs> so um, those, that's a mistake. And then, um, you know, I guess just being hard on themselves because they say, I'm not good at yoga. I, and this is more of a mental thing. I'm not good at yoga. I'm not very flexible. And that can really be, that's a deficit as well. That That's an issue because you're just self-limiting. And it's not about that. We all have, are different. Our bodies are all in different shapes and sizes and, and mobility abilities. So this is all about what your body can do and working within that range for what is best for you. So those are two big things that I, I see that are kind of my little Achilles heel. When I see, when I hear somebody say, I'm not very flexible. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm like, but that's the whole reason why, <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly. That, that's why that's I started. Why. <laughs> that's yeah. why you do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Don't be scared to start. Yeah. Uh, I'm just curious, actually, have you ever seen anybody get injured practicing yoga? And if so, like, what did they do to get injured? Yeah. Um, yes, for sure. In fact, I've, been injured my my lower back and that's because i don't take the time to do the proper warm-ups um really ease the body into getting to the bigger the bigger poses and just like anything we all have egos (laughs) and we want to go for that big that big pose we want to go for that that crazy arm balance, right? And we push ourselves. So that's where I've seen people get get injured and I've even for sure done it myself. So that it's very humbling and that's another great thing that you learn on the mat. You learn how to humble yourself and be right where you're at in your body and what it's mm. capable of in that in that moment. Mm. Yeah. What what is the key to progressing in yoga? Yeah, patience, patience for sure. To not get ahead of yourself. And again, when you are looking at somebody next to you on the mat and you're seeing that they are an advanced yogi, let's say, or they might not even be an advanced yogi, they're just more flexible in a particular way. So that patience, focusing on what is going on in your body and on your mat and learning, learning about yourself. That's why you're there. Curious about your, um, your progression in yoga and like, what, what types of resources did you, um, use or like, how did you learn and become an expert, uh, in this practice? Yeah. So I practiced with, um, a couple of teachers that I really, really enjoyed taking from and I, I I've learned from them and I loved how they incorporated mindfulness into the classes as well. Um, and because of that, I wanted to integrate that more into my life and I actually have a mental conditioning business as well. So I went and did my 200 hour teacher training because I wanted and I knew it would be like the perfect complement to mental conditioning training. And it certainly is. 
And because I loved it so much and I wanted to really go deeper, I went back and I did a 500, well, an additional 300 hours teacher training. So I have a 500 hour teacher training. So not only did it advance both physically is what you see on it. It's, it's more than that. It's, it's, again, it's kind of understanding yourself, having this great focus, kind of more peaceful way of dealing with the world and what in the chaos around you. Yeah. So you actually, I think, started to answer my next question, which, you know, you mentioned that yoga is the perfect complement to mental training. So what, um, maybe if you can expound upon it any further. Yeah. So again, the whole idea behind yoga is to combine and unify the mind and the body so that you can sync together and become a more powerful person um, physically and mentally, emotionally, etc. So, you know, along with then mental conditioning is your ability to stay calm under pressure, to be able to stay focused in being in the present moment when you need it the most, um, to be able to, I guess, you know, visualize what you're going to be doing, to be able to just tune into your own body so you can understand what you need. Breathing, again, is a huge part. They call it pranayama in yoga. Breathing is a huge part, I I believe, of mental training as well. So uh, being able to regulate your nervous system, you can ramp it up or you can bring it down as, as needed. Um, so those are just some of the ways that we can really hone your mental, mental skills. Um, so really being in that present moment is huge because when we are in, let's say a hard tennis match and your, your attention is elsewhere, let's say you're thinking about the outcome or you might be still reeling about something you did not so great in a, you know, a few moments ago, maybe your serve is off. So being able to bring yourself into the present moment on command through your breath, through focusing your mind and aiming your mind on whatever you need to do, what, what is in your control is, is huge. And you learn that in yoga. It's, it's the perfect practice for learning all of these skills. Yeah, hundred percent. It, it's really great. I mean, you know that that yoga can provide you with both, you know, the physical advantages and and the mental advantages, you know, all in in one practice. So that's really uh, yeah. a big benefit, and it makes yoga very attractive. And, and and yeah, I mean, it's really crucial to stay in, in the present. You know, I've had so many mental game experts on the podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, Jeff Greenwald. He talks about like in between points, yeah. like. Uh, doing these physical cues to keep yourself in the moment, as well as uh, I remember Jorge Capistani, like he he crossed out past and future, and you know present was was the way to yeah. go. So, yeah, yeah, a lot of great yeah. stuff. Um, There's a um, I just wrote about it, and I I just did some uh, mental conditioning coaching with a, a varsity tennis team here, and one there's a a word in your yoga, it's a Sanskrit word called drishti. And it's basically your, your focus in 
where you hold your eyes on a focal point and how that not only creates better balance, right? And better direction for where you intend to place your energy, let's say your tennis, where you're going to, you're, you're focusing your, your eyes on the ball or you're focusing your eyes on where you're going to hit the ball, et cetera. Um, in the drishti is used in yoga to, when you're holding a pose, let's say a tree pose, for instance, where you're on standing on a single leg and you have your other knee bent and placed, you know, the foot's placed on that standing leg. You have to hold a drishti, hold your, your focus on a, on a single point. Otherwise, you're going to be falling all over the place. If your eyes are all over the place, that's where your body's going to go. And I can only imagine that is mm. a really great skill to have on the tennis court. You're not focused on what's happening outside the fence. <laughs> you're not, you know, your drishti isn't on like, oh, no, I don't want to shoot or, you know, hit the shot right at the net person. Well, typically where your eyes are going, that's where your shot's going to go. So we used and integrated that drishti, that yoga word and practice into, into sports performance specifically. So, yeah, that's huge. Um, you know, I, I think one thing that comes to mind is like, if I'm stretching and I all of a sudden like move my eyes to the side, then I tend to, you know, fall off balance. Yeah. Um, and yeah, for sure. And and also I, I recently did a couple Mm -hmm. episodes on tracking the ball and such, and yeah, you're just, you're just so right that that's such a important skill, you know, people, so, Mm -hmm. you know, when they're, uh, when the ball's coming toward them, sometimes they're looking at their opponent or some other extraneous thing. And so that, that, that aspect of, uh, of it all is really important too. Right. Right. So. Yeah. And it's holding your aim too, not only physically with your eyes, but what are your intentions? Are you, again, is your focus on, on the past or some kind of issue outside, you know, outside of the tennis court? Or again, are you focused on the game score, the end game score? Um, Therefore, then you're, you're not in that moment. So that drishti is, you know, external and it's internal and where you're, you're holding your, your, aim of your focus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So what would you advise people, I would say like myself, who are <laughs> very, you know, they're pretty inflexible, like they're very tight. Like I personally yeah. have really tight hips and things like that. Because, you know, sometimes when you go into a, a class uh, or even just watch one yourself, like some of the poses that you see, like you're not going to be able to, you know, be as uh, your range of motion isn't as as big. Yeah. So are there any 
adjustments or other things? I mean, mm-hmm. I, I know that like, you know, there's yoga blocks and things like that, but what, what, uh, what tips do you have for, for those of us who are very inflexible, but still want to practice? Yeah, for sure. Yoga blocks are, are, gr- are a great way to bring the ground up when you're not very flexible, particularly <laughs> in, in your legs and in your hamstrings and hips. There's yoga straps and you could mm-hmm. even at home, if you don't have a yoga strap, you can just grab a belt or any kind of, you know, thing that that mimics that um for for doing leg extensions let's say and that i really recommend when you're lunging in a low lunge let's say you have one leg up and you have one leg back and your your front leg is lunging forward deeply that can be really difficult for a lot of people whose hips are are tight so having blocks under both hands up towards that front lunged leg is is really nice. And you don't have to have straight legs. <laughs> okay, that's a huge one. People say mm. when they're doing a um, seated forward fold and their legs are straight, you'll see people just wanting to straighten their legs and then lean forward and then they're, they're rounding their back into it. And then that doesn't even become a leg stretch, it becomes more of a back stretch. And so my suggestion is bend your knees, bend your knees as much as you need to, and then use your breath and patience to let things relax because our bodies sometimes are resisting what is happening, particularly in stretches that are uncomfortable for you. Our minds and our bodies go, whoa, 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 wait, what are, what are we doing here? And that there's some tension initially. So you just breathe through it, have some patience, and you're going to get way deeper just with, with that, with that in itself, in itself. So. Wow. Yeah. That's really enlightening. Uh, thank you for yeah. mentioning that. So I guess to, um, to <laughs> yeah. talk about it further. Yeah. Cause I usually like try to straighten. So, so mm-hmm. when is it? appropriate that to to like keep your like okay assuming you're inflexible Mm -hmm. when is it appropriate to to like keep them straight and stretch versus like bend them and and stretch like are there different like poses or or exercises where you want to do one versus the other or is it always like is always bent preferable uh what's your what are your thoughts it it is definitely all about working within your body because there are some people who will never get their legs straight. And and that really isn't necessary for you to reap the benefits of a pose. So let's say triangle pose. That's a that's a very advanced, difficult pose for a lot of people. So you're standing with straight legs in a triangular position and you are then bending over to the side. So you're rotating your torso, your legs are straight end, not straight, straight end. And then you're reaching an arm upwards. So that front leg, typically people are like, I've got to have straight legs here. No, have a, have a soft bend in your knee, straighten it to the place where you're like, yeah, I feel that I'm going to work with it right from here. And so just getting into poses and getting to that little bit uh, to that point where you're just slightly uncomfortable work with it right from that moment on got mm-hmm. it got it and then so the next times like i you, you can try to like bend your knees a little bit less and yeah less and absolutely like, yeah yeah 
and that just prevents injury. Got it. Um, and like, like I said, uh-huh. like I, I am not a, my legs, I have, I, I'm a math. I mean, I'm a runner and I've done a lot of biking. So my legs are not created to be super straight. So when you use or on yogis with this incredibly long legs and perfectly straight, I mean, I'm a 500 hour teacher and I, I can't do that. So that doesn't make you a good yogi. A good yogi is one who is aware of their body. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Gotcha. Very cool. So in terms of um, transformations, this kind of to hammer home, you know, how great yoga is for, mm-hmm. for tennis players and everybody. What personal benefits have you seen? And you, I mean, you can give timelines or results or whatever you want, but just curious to hear um, how it's impacted you. Yeah. For, for me, I guess my, I know, where, where I've gotten as far as level isn't important to me right now, but I, I have to say how it's helped me is again, I'm going to come back to staying in the moment. So when I'm getting, um, a little bit anxious or frustrated with my serve or, or I, I'm getting beat or I'm just down some points or down some games, I really don't let it get to me. And again, I, I don't have much mm. on the line anymore, but I have come back so, so many more times than not just by having that patience and calmness and just being, you know, something's going to change around. I, you know, I'm just going to keep playing. I'm just going to keep playing my game. So I'm not getting stiff and tight. So just breathing, using my yogic breath, which is the deep diaphragmic belly breathing. So I can, again, kind of calm my body, calm my mind, my nervous system, um, that I can do. And I've learned to do regularly. Um, and again, I just feel like I'm stronger in my core because of yoga Mm -hmm. in all the sports that I do. So, and that's hugely beneficial. Mm -hmm. Yeah. hundred percent. How about your clients? Like what types of, um, you know, comments and feedback have you gotten from them after they've tried it for a while? Yeah. So the thing that another thing is the symmetrical, um, kind of aspect of playing tennis, you know, you're lunging from one leg to the other and you're, you're running around the court and you have to start and you have to stop the asymmetrical aspect of tennis is really enhanced with some of the asymmetrical poses in yoga and the balance that and strength Mm -hmm. that it creates in your body in those, in those moments. In addition to hip opening, people in their hips get extremely tight. So Mm -hmm. warrior two, for instance, is a great standing pose and Mm. your your feet are turned and your torso is turned to the side in a way that you're opening your hips and lunging at the same time so you're stretching and you're strengthening a quad all at the same time you're you're strength or stretching the opposite leg you're holding yourself in space in a way that your core is gaining strength so if you can imagine kind of all your limbs in different directions in a yoga pose. Think of the way that happens on the tennis court as well. So I believe that those really cross over very nicely 
to what I've seen my tennis tennis clients, yogis that play tennis that they've really really liked about yoga. Very nice, very nice. Um, so one other thing that I get a lot uh, questions mm-hmm. about a lot in terms of uh, is when they should do something. So like with respect to their tennis playing, like is it optimal that we practice yoga, you know, in the morning or at night, or is it better to do it like right after tennis, right before tennis? Um, what's your take on that? My, my first thought is practice whenever you can get it in, (laughs) just so you can get it in. Mm -hmm. Um, and again, that consistency two, three times a week, whether again, it's um, a shorter class or an hour, hour class, et cetera, but stretching, you can definitely benefit from doing some of these stretching before a yoga mat or before a tennis match. Um, things like down dog, you know, kind of just drop into a down dog, or there's a lot of different shoulder stretches. You can even take your racket and place, you know, one hand on the end of the racket and the other on the handle, and then start to just kind of stretch your, your arms um, and your shoulders that's going to be great for mobility during your match. Um, and then of course, recovery is wonderful. If you could, did have some time to do a few yoga stretches, maybe some seated leg extensions, forward folds, mm. that kind of thing after that would be ideal, but knowing that that's hard to do sometimes. So get it in where you can get it gotcha. in <laughs> for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, just like yep. you said. Yeah, that consistency yeah. is is above all like the most important mm-hmm. thing. So, just trying to think in terms of um we talked about like 2 to 3 times a week would even be very beneficial mm-hmm. and you know, we could even do shorter sessions. So, what uh body areas would you prioritize uh if, if we, you know, the pr- the priority for us is like consistency mm-hmm. and like we only have like limited yeah. time whatever or or just, you know, a small amount of time to get us started like what would you prioritize in those sessions? I would say shoulder, shoulder uh, mobility, some stretches there. Hips would be really great. So you do a couple of standing warrior poses just to get yourself, um, you know, opened up and and stretched out a little bit. And and also the more that you can um, get your blood flowing to that area, that is key to that mobility. Um, in in your hips and even in your knees, etc. So um, let's see what else I would I would say that I would say if you knew the sequence, you could certainly learn it online. There's a lot of online examples. Sun salutation, just a typical sun salutation is you could do a couple of those, and that covers your entire body. A sun salutation, just to kind of bring you through it, is just a forward fold. You step back, you do a plank. So you're warming up your core right away and your shoulders because you're holding a plank. And then you lower down onto your belly and you lift up for a little back bend. So that back bend, you're warming up your spine. And then you come back to a downward facing dog. And again, we talked about how great the down dog is. And then you step back up to your hands and then you stand back up. That's a whole sun salutation. And you can imagine that just covers your entire body. Fantastic. That's, that's excellent. Um, 
Appreciate that. In terms of, um, you know, finding a good yoga instructor, I mean, obviously we, you know, you, you should go to sherrycope.com and check out uh, all that stuff as well as Sherry's YouTube channel. But, um, you know, I guess in terms of if somebody like they have nearby classes or something like that mm -hmm. or, or uh, instructor, like what, any, any tips on like, you know, finding a good class versus, you know, so that, so that you're not stuck in like a, a bad one. Yeah. So that's important to read. If you have a nearby yoga studio, go online and look at their class descriptions and each class is different. Like I teach more towards strength and flexibility, but there's mm -hmm. another teacher who is very advanced and and it's, you know, she teaches one class that's very advanced. And that, that would be I think, hard for a beginner, even intermediate to go into. So, and those class descriptions should be pretty defined. There's classes called yin yoga. Yin is almost all stretching. So, and that can be hard in and of itself. <laughs> so it's also going to be a little more low key. So you have to know that that's, that's going, you're not going to probably, you know, uh, break a sweat in that, that kind of class, but it's really a wonderful class. So read those descriptions, um, call and ask the owner or the person that's at the front desk. If they have that, just say, Hey, this is, this is who I am. I'm this level of a student. I, I play a lot of tennis. What, what class would be the best for me? I think that's the best way to do it. And then online too, um, gosh, you could Google yoga for tennis and I bet you, or yoga for athletes, you'll, you'll come up with a number of, of different <laughs> selections, probably too many, but yeah. And again, on my YouTube channel, I actually do have several that are conditioning yoga classes and then also ones for athletes. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And and actually, so I guess there's like all these different types of, of yoga, like, isn't there like, you know, hot yeah. yoga and, and other variations. So I don't know, any thoughts on that? Like, do we just keep it simple? And like, just, I don't know, like, what, what, what do you think? And what do you recommend? Yeah. You know, try it out, <laughs> try it out for yourself. I personally am not a fan of hot yoga. It is really great. People swear by it for getting into their body and and more flexibility with, with the heat. Um, I just don't like the way it, it feels with the heat and the humidity in there. Um, but, but yeah, there are lots of different, and just try it out for yourself. You might absolutely love a hot yoga, or you might love the yin, the yin style of yoga, or you might like the more athletic, um, yoga with, with kind of interesting, fun transitions, that you're still there's there's strong classes and you break a sweat, but they're not they're not doing poses that are difficult for most people. Put it that way, like almost impossible for most people to do. So yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Mm -hmm. Very cool, mm -hmm. very cool. Um, oh, in terms of the tour, like I you know I'm not sure how much you know how in depth you you follow yeah. like uh, the tour with respect to like yoga and stuff. But I'm just curious, do you know if uh, if players like more players have have started to practice yoga and, and any you know any idea of like percentages or anything like that you know what i don't i haven't followed that i did i mean i did watch the us open a little bit and i you know kind of heard little you know rumblings about you know people who practice yoga and also meditation i think 
Djokovic does. Um, I think he's pretty sure, well yeah. known for that. Um, Nadal might, I believe he did. Um, and, you know, I just think that, you know, well, of course I would say that everybody, all, all especially professional mm-hmm. tennis players should practice for all of the reasons that we have talked about, you know, in this, in this podcast so far, it, it is, like I said, the, the practice to enhance all of, all of the skills and the body, the body components that are necessary for being strong, flexible, mobile in such a dynamic, explosive sport. Got it. Mm-hmm. Appreciate that. So, you know, to any of those people who are still hesitating, what is the easiest way to just start practicing yoga like right now? Yeah, just just be where you're at. Don't get ahead of yourself. Take a deep breath. Um, go online, search for, honestly, if some description stands out for you um, and you're like, wow, that looks interesting, start there. We're obviously going to be more receptive to anything that we do when we're interested. So, and again, make they all, I I believe, online will say, you know, beginner or intermediate. So start where where you're interested. Um, What and assess in your own body, what do you need the most? Do you need more strength and conditioning therefore then you can do more athletic class or maybe you are really working on flexibility mobility then that's where you start so it's a it's a self-awareness gotcha. deal really gotcha awesome awesome and i know we mentioned beforehand but um what are the best places to check out your content sherry yeah my website is my name sherrycope.com and i believe my youtube channel is the same sherry cope on youtube so easy so i've condensed just recently i've condensed my well a couple years ago my website and i have all my information on that so sweet awesome Mm -hmm. are you on the uh on the instagram or the tiktoks any of those (laughs) i am again i am an instagram as well that's a lot of fun for me you'll you'll sometimes you know see some things that are instructional and then, you know, some other fun things about my life. Um, so, and again, that's just Sherry Cope on Instagram. You can easily find me there. Same name. And I keep, try to keep it simple. Yeah. <laughs> A nice short name. Yeah. Unlike me. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Cool, cool. Yeah. And uh, in in terms of books for for yoga, I, I actually I'm not sure if if you've written any, but like, are, what books would you recommend for people to to check out yeah. uh, if you think that's a good way to? Yeah, to start? you know, um, some of the books I'm thinking of right now are a, a little advanced. There's one about Iyengar um, Light on Yoga, and you're gonna find a little bit more information on yoga philosophy in that. I'm trying to think of the good. Mm. I do uh, have a book. I don't know the name of it, but it's actually more of a, it's pretty thick, almost a dictionary of yoga poses and actually the yoga sequences such as sun salutations, like I I mentioned. Um, Mm. I wish I knew the, um, I can, I can get it to you you, somehow. Yeah, you can just forward it to me. We'll we'll have this. Yeah. Yeah. 
We'll have links in the show notes. So. Perfect. Perfect. I'll, I'll do that so I can get you exactly <laughs> the author. And so I was thinking that would be more beneficial for the, the listeners here today. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. So a uh, fun question that, um, you know, some people get stumped on is that I ask at the end of the show is uh, if you could um, put up a, a huge billboard on the most trafficked street uh, in your city, uh, what would you write on that for people to see? Yeah. Well, one of my favorite quotes is your living small does not serve the world. Mm, love it. Mm, That's really yeah. good. That's an important yeah. mantra yeah. in my life. And sometimes we just need to put ourselves out there because we all have gifts that we can give. And, and when you, again, can practice and just go for things, how much more you get back from that. Yeah. I mean, that's that's so important. I mean, it applies to everything. You just got to get out of your comfort zone in order to really get yeah. um, to the heights that you want to get to. Uh, yeah. Hopefully you have aspirations like that, yeah. but um, very cool. Um, Sherry, is there anything else that you want to tell the listeners that maybe we didn't touch upon um, today? Yeah, I, I just think, um, I, I believe just the important thing to know about yoga is it isn't just the yoga poses that you see and um, physically do it's it's much more it's again that uniting the mind and the body so that we can really be i guess more attuned to ourselves we can be have, live a life of grace because um, we so often just cause our own suffering and yoga is all about kind of learning those dysfunctional patterns and thought patterns and learning how to shed that and and let go of those kinds of things and re basically reprogramming so you can you could again you could just be a lighter more um a lighter more integrated and and happier person so that that's really what yoga is about. And that's why the yoga poses were invented and discovered is in order to basically wear you down so much <laughs> so that you can get to the other <laughs> side and you're, you're like, Oh my gosh. Okay. Whatever. I'm, I'm, re I'm ready to listen. I'm ready to be present. I'm ready to listen and give it up. So that's, that's essentially what yoga is. Love it. Yeah. Thanks, Sherry. So uh, the question I close with on, every interview is what is one key tip that you can give our audience to help them improve their tennis games? Yeah. Um, have a good, it's called the, the right balance. So try to avoid only doing one thing, one or two things in your body, have a well-rounded practice. So when you're doing strengthening, make sure you're doing the flexibility, mobility, practices in whatever you do, you know, even, you know, not in yoga, et cetera. So it's that best balance action in your body is, is what is going to make you a more powerful player. Got mm -hmm. it. Love that. Love that. So Sherry, yeah. I just want to thank you, uh, for coming onto the podcast and enlightening, uh, enlightening us mm -hmm. about yoga and its, uh, benefits yeah. as well as, you know, a lot of different exercises and, and just principles we can follow to improve ourselves through the practice of yoga. And 
definitely want to encourage everybody to go to uh, sherrycope.com as well as Sherry's YouTube channel and we'll link all of those uh, on the show notes page so you can access them very easily uh, with one click. So um, Sherry, thanks again for coming on and hopefully we'll connect again soon and uh, yeah, have a a great one. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. It was, it was great. Thank you. All right. I really hope you enjoyed my interview with Sherry on yoga and its big benefits and how to structure your yoga practice. And I hope that you really just dive into it. As Sherry said, you can check out her website, her YouTube channel, or you can just even Google beginner yoga. I mean, these days there's just so much on the web. You just have to make sure that the source that you're using is legit. Uh, And as well, uh, we do have some links to the books that Sherry mentioned, such as Light on Yoga, The Yoga Bible, and Sherry also sent me another one called Eastern Body, Western Mind, Psychology, and the Chakra System. So all of those resources are linked on the show notes page, and they're in your podcast app. So have a click. And it would be great if you would also subscribe to Sherry's newsletter that she has. And there's a link to that too. Uh, If you enjoyed this episode and found value from it and from any other episodes, I would really, really appreciate it if you would leave a review for the Tennis Files podcast. And you can do that at tennisfiles.com slash Apple Podcasts. Or just leave a review in your podcast app that you're using to listen to the show. There should be a comment or... Uh, review button there that you can click and leave review. So I would really appreciate that. It would help the podcast rank higher, which I mean, the main benefit is to then have it higher in the list of tennis podcasts so that other people can see it and benefit from it as well. So that would be great. I also want to leave you with a quote as I often do at the end of the show. And this one was actually said by Sherry on the podcast. And this quote, I believe, is from Marianne Williamson. And Marianne said, your playing small does not serve the world. So as we talked about, it's always a great practice to to step out of your comfort zone, try something new, stretch yourself. That's the only way that you're truly going to improve and reach your potential with a lot of pain, which will then uh, get you where you need to be. Alrighty then. So again, thanks so much for listening to this episode. I really appreciate all your support and messages and, you know, that you enjoyed, you know, this episode and others. I've gotten a lot of great feedback actually on our previous episode with Coach Vesapanka on the contact point. So that was great to see. So uh, just let me know what you think. All right. Thanks so much for listening. This is Mirabhan Aranchad. Signing out. Thanks for listening to the Tennis Files podcast. For more tips to help you improve your tennis game, visit tennisfiles.com.